brought back to mind our Advent series, right, where we were talking about the three faces of God, and so that idea of that God that is beyond us, in whom we live and breathe and move and have our being, it's that power and presence of God that is love, that we can experience that love, right? And then there's that God that walks beside us, that we can have a conversation with, that we can talk to and we can hear from about how God loves us. And then, of course, the God that is within us, the God that we are as we show up. So for those of you who are really inspired by that um, Advent series, The Three Faces of God, I want to let you know that um, there's a lot of talk around the book, and so we're going to actually have a book study on it. And it's going to start the third Sunday in February uh, from 9.30 to 10.30. So I'm obviously not leading it because I'll be here in service at 10 o'clock or 9 o'clock. Um, but Ted Brewer, Michelle Coles, and I think Tavia Harwell are going to help facilitate that conversation. So if you'd like to study that book in more depth, come join them in the chapel the third Sunday in February. It will start, and it will be every third Sunday from there. Um, and I also want to let you know that you have all been so very generous. All the gifts have disappeared from the stage. We had 278 gifts that we brought together and went to um, our Puerto Rican friends on Friday night. Luis was here to pick them up with a whole group of people because they wouldn't fit all in one van. So thank you all for your generosity. And so those gifts are all gone, probably at your home as well. You've cleaned up your tree more than likely. You know, the gifts are gone, and what you're left with are the empty boxes, right? And so I was thinking about how when I was little, when I was a kid, I don't know if you kids feel this way, but when Christmas is done, there's this feeling of, wait a whole year now for this to happen again. Do you guys ever feel that way? I, I remember feeling that. I'm seeing them shake, some of them shaking their heads. Yeah. And even for some of us adults, right, we get to this time of the year. It's January. It's been so cold and snowy, and we're kind of stuck inside, and then we have a disappointment. The holidays are done, or Maybe we're still carrying with us some of those family things that we went through over the holidays, whatever it might be. But, but these moments in early January begin to feel, you know, a little bit challenging. And um, so we're dealing with, with empty boxes, and we're discussing today the courage to be empty. Because our theme for all of 2018 uh, is the courage to imagine. The courage to imagine what, you might ask. Well, that's what we've been asking in the worship team. So we'll see where that all goes. But we are starting today with the courage to be empty. Courage to be empty. So I'm reminded in January of how nature shows us that we need to take the time for that emptiness, for that stillness. You know, in, in nature there's cycles, right? There's the, the planting and the act of growing and then the harvesting and then where we're at now, which is actively resting, those plants, those trees, they need that time to rest over these winter months. But it's not just in nature there. I was thinking about how in our very bodies, you know, we talk about the in-breath and we talk about the out-breath, but did you ever notice that there's the tiniest of space between that in-breath and that out-breath, that's that, that emptiness that is important. Or the Institute of Heart Math that has done some research on the heartbeat. 
We all know, you know, we can count our heartbeat, but what you may not pay attention to is the space in between those heartbeats. And uh, the Institute of Heart Math has a way of measuring that on the computer and can show you whether or not you're in coherence in your body by um, if you have a, a feeling of peace, a feeling of joy, a feeling of gratitude, a feeling of love, your body comes into coherence, and that space in between the heartbeats then evens out. When you're not feeling those things, when you're feeling angry or upset or uh, betrayed or whatever feeling that might be there, then what happens is the space in between the heartbeat begins to go incoherent, meaning there's not even space. It goes, it, it gets a jagged line like that because the space in between changes. So with our, our heartbeat, we have this emptiness, this space. We all love to hear from our music team. They, they have such beautiful music, but the music would be nothing if there weren't space in between the notes. Right? So we don't often think about it. Even in our conversations and in our talking, the words could just all jumble on and on and on and on, but whether we're aware of it or not, conscious of it or not, there's the tiniest bit of space in between each of our words, right? And that, we need that. It's necessary. So we're reminded all over the place of the necessity of space, of emptiness, of rest. But for me, I know, I have a struggle with that, that empty place, that, that place of allowing nothing to occur. I was brought up, uh, you know, my parents had a great work ethic. They taught us to work hard. And so, you know, I was taught that I, I needed to work hard. I could do anything, but I needed to work hard. And sometimes there's not space in there for the resting when your focus is on, I have to work hard. I have to do what's mine to do. In a society that wants us to be consumers and productive, it's very hard to remember that naturally we are designed to pause, to rest, to, to take time. Right? We have sayings, and I, and I don't know if I'm getting this one exactly correct, but it goes something like this, you know, idle hands are the devil's playground, right? We're not, we're not encouraged to just sit and to be, to be empty, to open up to that emptiness. And it's such an important part of who we are, right? So, so we want to, we want to be empty, what does that mean? Be empty of what? What does that mean? So there's a, a little Zen story that I like, and there was this Zen master, and he had uh, people coming to him all the time for wisdom, right? And he would share his wisdom with them. And so one day, a knock came on the door, and a very important man from the town was there. A man who was used to always getting his way came, and he knocked on the door, and he said to the Zen master, well, I'm here for your wisdom, and I want you to give it all to me so I can fill myself up with your wisdom and know what's what. And the Zen master welcomed him, as he did everyone, and said, please, sit down with me. Let's have a cup of tea together. And so the Zen master made the tea and began to pour the tea into the teacup. And he poured and poured and he poured until the, the teacup was overflowing. And it flowed so hard that it began to pour onto the robes of this important man who suddenly got very upset and said, hey, 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 you need to stop pouring that tea. The cup is full and it's overflowing. And the Zen master looked at him and said, you are like this teacup, so full that we can't pour anything more in. Go and empty yourself. And then 
for you and for me is what have we filled up ourselves with that leaves no space for the courage to imagine to take hold in our life, for God's inspiration to lead us to higher and deeper levels of being that, that prevent us from being more closely in relationship with one another because we're so filled up. So what have, have you filled up with in your mind that you know you need to empty out? What have you filled up with? Work. Did you fill up with work? Yeah, work. You wake up in the morning, the alarm goes off, and immediately you're jumping up and thinking about all you have to get done for the day. What else? What else do you fill up with? Books. Books. You know, there's a a quote in Lessons in Truth, one of the basic textbooks of unity, in which she talks about there comes a time where you need to set aside the books, the classes, the workshops, I'm paraphrasing now, and turn them in and find the truth within you. Because we can keep ourselves so busy reading the next book that is intended to help us, that we never really take time to integrate and to move through and to expand ourselves. So, yeah, books can be a great diversion. Books are love books. What else? What else do you fill yourself up with? Yes. Yes. So, emails, the news. You know, Facebook, what is it? What's your first go-to in the morning that you just have to do first thing, that you already begin your day with this busyness and this distraction and this fullness of things that are not helping your spirit to grow and to transform, but that are filling up all of the spaces? What else? Yeah, Jane. Coffee. (laughs) I'm with you on that one. It's like the first thing I do. I get up. I walk to my coffee pot, you know, and I make my coffee. You know, so yes, uh, coffee, food, drugs, alcohol, the things that we fill ourselves up with. Yeah, music. So you could fill yourself up with music, and that could be a distraction, especially if it's not uplifting music, music that fills your soul and expands you, right? Anything else? Fear. Fill yourself up with worry, fear, doubt. We have the courage to imagine this year. Now, as you know, with all of the powers, we are constantly using all of our powers. We are constantly using our power of imagination. The only problem is we might be using that power of imagination to see what we don't want. What's that called? Worry. How many times do you let that fill you up? where you begin to imagine with worry what could happen. So worry, fear. And by the way, the world out there would have you stay focused and hypnotized there, right? We need to to wake up, have the courage to imagine something else. Anything else that people fill up? Yes, Byron. Sports and entertainment. How many of you were at the Browns parade yesterday? I forgot it was even happening, but yeah. So, yes, sports and entertainment, turning on the TV, going mindless, numb, numbing ourselves from thinking, right? I see a hand over here. Yes, I see brother pulling her hand down. No, but go ahead. Candy. 
candy, sweets, sugar. Go without sugar for a couple of days and see how that impacts your body. And you'll realize how attached we get to these things that are not necessarily healthy and helpful for us, that are distracting to us instead. Bob's got another one. electronics that we're attached to, right? So I think probably you get the idea. We all have things that we fill ourselves up with to distract us from just sitting in this emptiness, in this place of beauty. I believe it's Michael Beckwith that I've heard say, everybody should take 30 minutes every day to meditate. And if you're sitting here thinking, I don't have 30 minutes, and you need to meditate for an hour. You need to give yourself the gift of that time to just sit and be. Because what happens is our thoughts begin to fill up so much with all of this stuff that we leave no room for that power and presence of God, that God that is beyond all of our knowing, that God that is beyond us, divine mind that we call in unity, that is filled with every divine possible idea. We don't leave room for that divine mind to give us an inspiration. We think we need to have it all figured out. I'm not going to take one step until I know what the entire path will be, right? And we use that to stop ourselves from shining our light. Rather than saying, I'm going to allow myself to be open and empty of my thoughts, my ideas, my expectations, my attachments, my need to control, my need to know, I'm going to be open and simply allow God in every moment to speak to me so that I know the next right step to take or the next right word to speak or the the next right action to take. I don't have to know it all in this moment. If I move myself out of the way and empty myself in this moment, God will make clear the way. So the courage to imagine begins with our willingness to empty ourselves. Now, some of you might be wondering, well, what are all these boxes, though? I mean, I thought we were supposed to be emptying ourselves, and you've just now filled the whole stage with these boxes. So... So in unity, we know that practice is twofold. Number one, practice takes place in our mind. We begin to change our world and our lives by changing our mind. So over this next week or six weeks or year, if you'd like, one of the things that I'd like you to practice is emptying from your life, from your mind, those things that do not serve you, those thoughts, those ideas, those beliefs that we hold that do not serve us, that get in the way, that muddy the waters and don't allow this beautiful, clear, peaceful place for God to be revealing to us. And that's step one. But step two is to take action, right? And so we know that one of the things that we can do is to clear out. Michelle will give you a great lesson on clearing the clutter, if you'd like, because that's one of the things that she does. As we clear the clutter in our lives, we make space for the new to come in. So that's what the empty boxes are about. We're going to work on our thoughts and attitudes and um, behaviors and that, but we're also going to, if you don't have one at home, you're going to come up and you're going to take a box. And you're going to take that box home with you. And you're going to put in that box everything that you don't need anymore. 
take a look at it. Do I really want this? No. Put it in the box. Start clearing out the clutter in our lives, right? And then you're saying, well, no, okay, great. Then what am I going to do with this? So we have two places, two things that I'm going to suggest that you could do with it. Well, actually three. Number one is you could take it yourself to a lo- local organization. You know, you could take it to Salvation Army or Goodwill or something like that. That's one thing you could do. Number, the second thing that you could do here at Unity Spiritual Center is that we're starting our next new drive, which is for the Lutheran Men's Ministry. And in your bulletin in the inserts, there's a list of things that we're looking for for men. It can be new or gently used clothing, warm items for the men that, that will get passed out through Lutheran Men's Ministry. And we'll collect those all the way through uh, the middle of February. And if you fill a box with that stuff, I want you to bring it back to Unity, and I want you to put it up on the stage, because I'd like to see if we can build a mountain of boxes that we're going to donate and contribute and see how much we've let go of and released. But number three, maybe you don't have men's things, or you've got other things besides that, and you don't really can't get down to Salvation Army. On the back of your bulletin, under the spiritual practice, it tells you that you can go to givebackbox.com. Maybe you've seen this advertised out there. Givebackbox.com. And when you go there, you can simply print a mailing label totally free. The box will get picked up, and it will get taken to a local charity that is in need of these, the local Goodwill or the local Salvation Army. And it doesn't cost you a dime. You just put it out for your mailman to come and get it. So we're going to clear out the clutter. Now, how many of you have heard this idea that nature abhors a vacuum? Yeah? So I got curious about that this week because I've heard that through Unity, and I thought, well, is that really true? So I went to look at the origins of that particular statement, nature abhors a vacuum. And it comes from Aristotle. And it does appear, right, that there's no, when, when something opens up, you know, things start coming in to fill it in. So, so one of the things I found around that statement that I found really interesting is that there's a, there is in certain segments of our population a great fear around that. Because if I now create a vacuum, then Satan's going to come in and fill that vacuum back up with things that are not good again, right? So that could happen for us. We don't, we don't believe in this separate being called Satan out there. But I do believe in this idea that I, am, that I can think that I'm separate and from that place of separation, act from that place, and then do things that aren't very helpful. So it could happen, right? We could let go of something, and then suddenly it could fill back up with stuff that's not very helpful to us again. Can you see how that could happen? So what we're going to do very consciously over the, the series of this, these lessons is to get very conscious about what we let back in. Right? We release. We let go, and then we get very conscious not to just fill our lives back up again with stuff that's not serving us. Are you willing to go through this process with me? Empty. Empty. I want to tell you, uh, share with you the scripture today, which is from the book of Psalms, chapter 27, verse 14. Wait for the Lord. Be strong. Let your heart take courage. Wait. Embracing the mystery, being empty, can be one of the hardest things we do. Because so many of us, me included, don't like that not knowing. Don't like that emptiness. Don't like that mystery. I want to know. And if we can wait, 
I just want to share this is some wisdom. Some amazing divine ideas that can enter into our minds and transform. 